I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Rob Chang. Rob is the creator of the Passive Wealth Coaching System. He has been managing apartments since the age of 16 and has 25 years experience uh, with all facets of real estate investing. Um, First of all, Rob, let me just say thank you for coming on the show today. I, I really appreciate you taking the time out. Absolutely. It's uh, my pleasure to be on your show and definitely want to provide value to your viewers. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I, I don't want to read your whole bio word for word because there's a lot there, but I, I think we'll dive into a lot of it as well. But why don't you uh, go ahead and, and you know tell the listeners about yourself, give us your background, and then we'll dive in. Sure. So I'm from the Bay Area, California. I've been born and raised here and uh, went down to SoCal for college and came, came straight back. I love the Bay Area. I love NorCal. And so um, I got my first job out of college uh, as a broker, broker associate of Marcus and Millichap, okay. just selling commercial property. I did that for about four years, learning how to sell retail property, like um, you know, fast food restaurants. And um, also I learned to sell gas stations, uh, strip malls, like Starbucks plazas and and then, you know, Home Depot, Shadow Anchors, and um, like Walgreens and Rite Aid buildings and stuff like that. I did that in the East Bay. I was driving back and forth. Uh, I think I put about 30,000 miles on my car the first year. <laughs> and I was a road warrior. I was knocking on doors, trying to get listings, um, doing cold calls, learning the business from the brokerage side. And then... Um, Recession hit, 2007, 2008, recession hit. And I was still doing the doing the rounds, doing my marketing, but I wasn't able to close the whole deal for a year. And so being on full commission, that kind of put the pressure on me, um, newly married. And so I said, honey, we got to, well, I got to make a change because I'm not bringing in any money. So let's start flipping houses. And that was a scary thing to take on. That was brand new. But she said, all right, let's let's do it. So we started flipping houses in the hood. And that went really well. And uh, from there, it, it transitioned to people looking at the homes and seeing the work, seeing the quality of work. Because I was a, a perfectionist at that time. I didn't know perfection kills businesses. It slows down processes. It delays launches. I didn't know any of that. I was just uh, a mid twenty, you know, mid twenty year old guy swinging a hammer and rolling a paintbrush, trying to get things done perfectly. So people were saying, "I love your work. Would you come do this at my house?" And I said, "Well, why would I do that? I'm just flipping homes." Enough people kept asking me that. I'm like, "Oh, is this my destiny?" Like. Maybe I should just be a contractor. So in California, it takes four years to get your apprenticeship done. 
so you can start building structures for families to live in safely and not die. So I did that and I was a contractor for eight years, full time, no more real estate. And I did that for eight years. And I transitioned from that to uh, from like a home builder, remodeler, one who, who does additions in, in residential homes to doing apartment maintenance management. So this lovely family brought me on. I had my ad on Craigslist. I had my little construction ad on Craigslist. And they responded to the ad and they said, well, you know what? We want you to be the maintenance manager for one of our buildings. We want to give you a chance. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not interested. Uh, why would I do that? I just want to do, I just want to do jobs, get paid and get out. Right. Like typical construction worker minded. And um, they said, no, no, we'll go, we'll guarantee you X amount of dollars, regardless of if there's, you know, work orders or not. I said, okay, let me try it. So I was the one doing the work. I was doing the tickets. I was changing out the toilets, you know, leaky faucets and all that stuff. That was me because I had a truck. I was at Home Depot. I think my record was nine times in one day, nine trips. <laughs> and all those crumpled up receipts in my cargo pants. Man, yeah, those are the days, man. I've those been there. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, paying the dues. Yeah. <laughs> like, so from there, it transitioned to um, the neighbors needing help. The neighboring apartment owners, they needed help. So then word of mouth. And uh, we expanded and then they said they're getting old. They want me to do the rent collection and the leases and the reporting and everything. And so luckily my real estate background was now useful again. See, I threw it in the trash. I had to go pick it up out of the trash and dust it off and start using it again. <laughs> luckily I never let my license expire just in case I wanted to do a deal with a friend or family member. I could still have my license active, right? But I wasn't. I wasn't doing any marketing, any, you know, brokerage was just a bonus at that time. So I was able to bring it all back to full circle in the property management business. So at one time I was managing 163 doors by myself in my truck, doing everything, the rent collection. It was all by paper check. There was no electronic payments at that time. It was all paper check, you know, stacked up on my little table at home. I had a little home office. <laughs> I, I chopped off half the garage. We had a four car garage. I chopped off half of it to use as a, as a home office, a little 350 square foot office. So we stacked up all the checks like a casino every month, you know, like hundred, hundred some apartments times, however many roommates are in there. Right. Yeah. Just stack them up, label them. And then when it gets to a tall enough stack, I'll go run to the bank and usually it's like seven trips to the bank every, every month. So 160 doors is, is 163 doors was my limit. And then, you know, life happens, right? So we're having a baby, so I'm not going to have as much free time to work 12, 14 hours, seven days a week. Like I can't be a workaholic anymore. So now obviously my why has shifted, right? You know, my why before would just be successful or make as much money as possible, stay busy. And then the, when the baby comes, it's like the why is you got to be a provider, give the best life you can to your child or children, right? Or many of you have pets, whatever it is, whoever you care for, whatever beings you care for. So that meant me having to be 
face to face with my pregnant wife, with my, with my future daughter. So how can I not work 12 hours a day and still get everything done for my, my clients? Well, I have to let go. Like my iron grip, you know how you have an iron grip on things you can control. You have OCD or your control freak or micromanager. I'm sure a lot of people want to admit to it, but they might be. Okay. So once I let go, meaning once I brought in help, I hired a coach. I hired a realtor coach. There wasn't a property management coach back then. I hired a realtor coach and he gave me a lot of clarity. I was able to get my focus on the things that mattered, which is, of course, family and income and keeping the clients happy and all that stuff. And then I brought in, I hired four assistants. So I, this is all before COVID. I figured out a way that I didn't have to go onto any of the properties anymore. I could be at home, take care of my wife, my daughter, and then have everybody boots on the ground. They're just using like, you know, FaceTime to do a virtual inspection with me or go talk to the contractors or, you know, meet with the tenant and then just turn on the phone. And then I would be, it'll be me. It'll be me right. talking to them as a transition. So letting go of control in, in the mind, you think, oh no, everything's going to fall apart. But in reality, it didn't have to be me personally changing the toilets. It didn't have to be me knocking on the doors, like posting the notices with my roll of tape. It could easily be a college student doing that. Like it doesn't have to be me. It can be someone else. Like what am I needed for that no one else can replace me? Being a husband, being a father, right? Other, yeah. other things like, and you can think of it another way too. Like if you rank your activities for the year, by dollar per hour, then you got to look at the bottom and say, okay, how much time am I spending at the bottom? Like a $10 hour activity, is that taking time away from my $10,000 an hour activity? Hell yeah, it is. Right. You know, what is it? Laundry, cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, like simple stuff. That is just killing your high-end productivity. Right. Yeah. So once I let go, I let all my control go. The company doubled. Our unit count doubled in two years. And I was amazed. I said, this is, this is awesome. I can't believe it. I can't believe they did it without me. At the same time, I'm so happy I can step away. Right. And the biggest thing with letting go is accepting mistakes. Right. Yeah. Because if you're going to be if you're going to be on the grind, twelve hours a day, making sure no mistakes get to the owner, like they're not aware of any mistakes, because you clean up whatever mistakes happened before becomes a real mistake, right? Then you you have to expect people are going to make mistakes. Your employees, they're going to trip up, right? That's inevitable, and so it's best not to get mad. Don't be like yelling at them and like crack the whip because they're going to leave. You can teach them if, if it's a good fit, you know, you keep them on. But the most important thing 
is get the get the mission lined up, get the vision lined up, and have the same values and goals. That's what I learned. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's uh, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, that's quite a progression too. You know, you go from being a broker in in what sounds like more of the triple net sort of commercial space, and then um, to to property management and you know, sort of residential um, real estate and flipping. I mean, it, you kind of hit a, a lot of the different sort of opportunities within real estate. And all of them, I'm sure, help you sort of in terms of your knowledge and what you can what you can apply to each uh, to your business now that you're, you know, are you so at this point, are you still you have the property management business you're in, you know, with that with that growth, you're still running that? We are. Yeah, it's a fee property management business and uh, we manage almost two hundred million dollars worth of property here locally. Um, and we personally own $10 million worth of property. So it's very active. Every, every, every side of the wheel, it helps. It helps with the business. It helps, mm -hmm. it helps owners get a deep level of comfort to know that we're also owners. We're also investors. We also self-manage. So we're going to treat all of their properties as if we own them. We're going to make decisions when they don't want to be, some owners want to be involved with all decisions. Some don't want to be involved with any. So for the yeah. ones that don't want to be involved, we give them comfort knowing that, and this is part of our vision, that we're going to make decisions as if we own it. And they're going to give us, we're going to, when we engage, we have to be very clear. What is your game plan? Why are, why are you bringing us in? Do you want to increase cash flow? Are you trying to sell it in a couple of years? Do you just want to hold it steady? You know, just want to, you've already owned it for 30 years. You want to own it for another 30 more, right? Or do you just want to uh, fix it up to the max and refinance it? You know, like what, what is the path just so we're clear and then we'll, we'll go down that path together. We can either do the done with you solution or the done for you solution. Just depends, right? So, yeah. Having that experience, the contracting experience is really is priceless at this point. And it's when we buy our own properties, we don't do we don't do construction for anybody else. Um, we stopped that four years ago, meaning we don't if somebody calls us, they still call us, by the way, they call us to go build them a house on an empty lot. We don't do that. We only do the jobs that uh, we manage for accounts that we manage or properties that we own. But that's why we keep our license active. But we don't do just construction jobs because honestly, the callbacks and the profit margin is a headache. Yeah, I'm sure. So, but but having it as a skill is is priceless. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just even the understanding of of what goes into that, you know, construction side of things, I think is huge when it comes to property management, asset management, whatever the case may be in 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 a lot of instances, I think a lot of these properties, you may have a value add component to the business plan. So understanding that construction side, I think is, is uh, incredibly important. And, and a lot of people don't, a lot of people have never been in that, in that role, um, you know, sort of prior to taking on an asset management level 
position. Um, so, you know, it, your your bio mentions this this passive passive wealth coaching system. So, I I'm assuming that's kind of a separate entity from your property management business. Um, how did you get into that? Because I think that's that's probably actually really um, relevant to a lot of listeners that are you know thinking about passively investing. Is what what's that? How did you get that started? Kind of talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I. Uh, like I mentioned, I hired a realtor coach, I think it was like seven years ago, and that was for two years. It really helped me, but it wasn't um, really, ta- it, was a, it was a very strict box of what they were teaching and what they were focused on, which was a, a client who's a realtor trying to boost their realtor business, which, as I said, that was not my focus. Uh, but still, the principles they, they taught was, was fantastic. And fast forward to January this year, I hired um, one of the Tony Robbins coaching programs. I signed up for one of those programs. So they helped shift my mentality from being a really selfish guy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay admitting that since that was the past. Meaning selfish, meaning, okay, I'm just going to take care of my, my, immediately, my immediate family and myself, and I'm good. I don't need to help anybody else. Like, why should I? Right. I got it made financially independent, financially free. And um, why should I? Right. Let's just focus on each other, help each other out. But really, that's not what life's about. You know, life's about giving your gifts to others and sharing it. I mean, for example, like on social media, I'm just posting, oh, you know, let's check out my all my exotic cars, look at all my properties. But that's not helping anybody. That's not inspiring anybody. And that's definitely not giving them the how. Because people, they might see the goal, like it's at the top of the staircase, but they don't know how to step on each tread to get to the top, right? People want to know how. They want to see the mechanics of how to solve a problem, how to reach a goal. So that's how, I have six coaches now, okay? But, But we all came up with, we're doing so many workshops. Everyone's, everyone in the groups are trying to figure out what's their gift. Like, how could they write a book? How could they do a workshop? How could they help people? How could they do a YouTube or, you know, or a podcast? Like, how can they use their talents to help strangers, the viewers, the readers, the attendees? So what, what's your goal? And for me, we figured out it was teaching financial freedom the way I know it, through real estate. So. The way I can be of service and the way I'm living my life now is through teaching financial freedom. And the vehicle, the specific vehicle, the how vehicle is through real estate investing and property management. Because property management is otherwise known as the ugly duckling of the real estate industry. It's not It's not flashy. It's not selling sunset. Like you're not going to get these humongous commission checks. And I mean, there's, it's just not that it's not the mortgage industry. It's not insurance. Right. It's like a blue collar industry. Right. Yeah. That's why people, they look down on the property management industry, but the thing is you don't see the upside. Right. So many realtors, they don't want to do property management, but I, I talked to a lot of them and they, they just turn it down, just like me. When I was working at the commercial brokerage firm, a lot of the clients, when I started selling apartments, they say, okay, now 
you manage it for me. I said, no, hell no. <laughs> That's a dirty job. I don't want that. Yeah. Just give me the checks and I'm out of here. Right. But I didn't know that in, in many ways that cut the relationship because I just became the transaction guy. Right. Whereas in property management, we are the company they call for everything. We're the day to day. We're in front. Right. We're solving all the problems. We're, and we genuinely want to, and we genuinely, uh, you know, take care of the property, take care of the tenants, take care of the vendors, everyone. It's an ecosphere. It's not a conflict. Everyone works together. So property management compared to a realtor, check. Property management is literally guaranteed money. If you're managing a house, okay, if you're managing a house, let's say it pays you 500 bucks a month to manage that house. Okay, if you sold that same house, how much would you make? You'd probably make 20 grand, 20, 30 grand in one shot. But then you probably won't sell that house again, right? True. You have yeah, to do all that work. Point. Yeah, you got to do all that work for whatever, three to six months to get paid. And you may not get paid. Let's face it. Deals blow up all the time. Listings get handed back all the time, especially if it's overpriced. Right. Right. So property management is guaranteed. So if you get that 500 bucks a month times 12, that's 600 bucks, right? That's only one house. Okay. What if you had 10? What if you had just had 10 houses? Obviously, every rent's different across the nation, just as an example. That's 60 grand additional income. Like as a realtor, it's not far. It's like a cousin. It's a very close business. Use the same contracts. Use the same contractors that you do to remodel your houses when you flip them. They can do maintenance too, right? Yeah. It's such, it's such an easily translatable skill set to go from selling realtor to managing realtor. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people just like, nah, they don't see the metrics. Yeah, I think it, it's very, um, I don't know, I think your point about how important it is, is, is big, because it's a very uh, un unrecognized, I think, portion of, of real estate that that's really incredibly important. And a good property manager makes all the difference in the world. And a bad property manager makes all the difference in the world in in the opposite direction, obviously. Um, so I think that, yeah, be, being able to do that and and do it well is a is a tremendously valuable skill. And doing that, if you have your own portfolio versus you know other people, you're managing other people's. All of that, you know, kind of can become another revenue stream. So I think, yeah, it, it makes total sense what you're saying. That the point. Um, what are so are you are you teaching people with your coaching system? You're teaching people property management, or are you teaching them how to um, invest, or or both? What's what's the structure there? So our client base, they're real estate professionals. They're either two types, okay? Real estate professionals or they're investors. Yeah. It's either of those client types that are looking to grow, looking to scale. So we help them get past their blind spots. We help them get the right team set up so they can grow, get the connections, get the network, get the tools and get the skills and get the strategy. Because people usually have one, but not, they're missing two others. Or they have the 
motivation, but they have no idea how to do it. <laughs> or they, they, they want to do it. They know they should do it, but they have no, nobody keeping them accountable. They know how to start, but they don't know how to finish. They might see their friends succeeding. They're rooting for their friend, but they don't know how to do it themselves. There's just, we help, we help put the missing puzzle pieces in place because we've been there. And so we can relate. It's very easy to, um, to show somebody how to grow if we keep them accountable. That's the easiest thing. Your, your spouse is not your coach. No. It's impossible. No, most, <laughs> most spouses don't want to be your coach and don't want to be coached. It's not, it's exactly. not, the, person, not the person you want that, uh, that information from. Yeah, an impartial person who doesn't put up with your BS, to put it plainly, <laughs> right. is the one who's going to get the most results for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, catch, I catch myself even last week in a coaching session where I'm being coached and I'm listening to myself. I'm like, I just told my coach like five minutes of excuses. Like, yeah. well, what's going on? Like, everybody needs help. Right. Every level, everybody can get to another level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tre tremendous amount of growth that you can achieve with with good coaching. And uh, it, it it's not it's not lost on me that, you know, almost every person I've interviewed on this podcast, all, all of the you know high achievers, people, with high, you know, lots of <laughs> real estate, almost all of them have coaches um, and many of them also coach others. So I think there's, there's certainly a lot to be said for that uh, component of, of business and, and just really, I think shortening, you know, shortening the learning curve, having that accountability that you spoke of, all of those things go into, you know, sort of just creating a, a more, more success for you and allowing you to, to have the, you know, the, the growth that you want to, you know, you mentioned how you went from trying to do everything yourself. And then when you realized you had to give up some of that control, well, look, you know, look what happens, then, the, then the business takes off. So a coach will, will help you through those things and help you realize that the, the importance of those types of steps in, in your own personal development. So I think, uh, I agree hundred percent. It, it's a uh, very valuable, definitely shouldn't be your spouse. Spouse, spouse is a support system, not a, not a coach. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, cool, Rob, let's, let's switch gears here. Um, and I'll ask you the questions that I like to ask every guest. I think, um, th these are, you know, I think important in terms of really getting to know you, but the first one is based on the name of show being know your why. And so, so what is your why, you know, and I, I recognizing that, people's whys evolve over time, but, but what's your, why, what are you, what are you striving towards at this point? My why, my specific why is to help a hundred families achieve financial freedom and gain a million dollars in equity. That's my why. That's my specific why. Um, because financial freedom is one of the biggest lack of financial freedom is one of the biggest causes of divorce and stress and uncertainty in your family's future. Like, can I pay for tuition? Or should they even go to college just because it's too expensive? I mean, that's ridiculous. Don't you wanna buy your kids homes wherever they go to school? You shouldn't have to worry about doing the right thing. And that's that's my biggest why, to help other families. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, I think, yeah, 
what I find is a lot of the guests, once they reach their own, you know, kind of fi- reach financial freedom within themselves, their own families, then it's, it's really about, you know, that impact on others. So I think that's, that's phenomenal. Um, tell us something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, something to let people know you a little better. I, uh, I do love driving cars fast around the track. I like playing basketball. I love working out and I like, I like walking my dog. I got my dog a lobster costume for Halloween. It's hilarious. <laughs> awesome. It literally covers his head and his antennas. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, then two follow-up questions. What kind of cars? you have a specific uh, type that you like to drive or just, just any car you can get on a track? Um, well, for the ones on track, I like to use rental cars because mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about the maintenance or towing them there. I like to drive uh, Ferrari race cars. They're a lot of fun. I like them better than the Lambos. It's just a preference, right? And nice. then uh, for my personal cars, I used to be all about Porsche. I'm, I'm more leaning towards Ferrari. I like older Ferraris. And none of those are really bad choices, that's for sure. <laughs> um, what kind of dog that's going to be wearing this lobster costume? <laughs> <laughs> it's this little Frenchie. He's a boy, and he's got a lot of personality. And people... When they see the lobster costume, they just they lose their marbles, man. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love Frenchies. We used to have one. They're, they're great dogs. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, then go to my website, www.passivewealthcoaching.com, or it's Passive Wealth Coaching on all platforms, TikTok, YouTube channel, uh, Facebook, and uh, yeah, all platforms. Okay. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, final question for you, Rob. What, what's a piece of advice you would give to someone who's kind of getting started out, started out, whether that's in real estate or, or um, you know, business of some sort? What, what would you tell them to help uh, motivate them and push them forward? Read that book, Think and Grow Rich, because it's all about staying pers- persistent and consistent. I heard I heard an analogy. I'm just going to go ahead and use it. I heard an analogy called the pinata effect. So there's a pinata, right? At the birthday party, it's hanging there. What happens? You're blindfolded. It's just like when you start your career. You got a stick. Somebody hand you a stick, they'd spin you around. You don't know where the heck you are. You swing, you don't hit anything, right? You take a few more swings and they're raising it and lowering it now. So you don't know where it is. Finally, you make contact. Ooh, now you get a little confident. You square up your hips, you square your shoulders. Bam, you get one swing and it just starts raining. It starts raining success. That moment comes with time. It comes with the swinging. It comes when you keep going. Just keep keep the end in mind, but you got to keep grinding. You got to grind. You got to get that hard work with the smart work. Because only hard work, you can go dig ditches, man. Go dig ditches. That's hard work eight hours a day. But you're going to stay at minimum wage. When you sandwich hard and smart work, that's when you're going to create wealth. And and the fastest way to get further is to attach yourself to someone who's already done it, a mentor, uh, someone in the industry, a coach, you know, devour all the free content you can on the internet, read books. I mean, books are cheap too. Um, That's my advice. No, I love it. I've never heard that uh, pinata analogy. I think that's actually pretty perfect for getting into business, starting out blindfolded, 
<laughs> yeah, spinning you around, the target's moving. That that for sure all fits with uh, you know kind of how it, how it feels when you're getting going. So um, I love that. That's fantastic and a and a great uh, a great notion to end on. So um, everyone listening, uh, when you hear this episode, please uh, please like, rate, and review um, allows us to reach more people. And to Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and, and everything you shared with us. I think uh, the listeners are going to get a ton of value out of it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll go ahead and sign out. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.